Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. It's time now for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grader. Welcome back, everybody. 9.01 the time. Final hour for us today here on Sports 56 Mornings. It is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. We are in the Family Leisure Studios. It's where family and fun come together. Family Leisure, their overstock sale continues at 2120 Witten Road. That's just north of I-40. Well, Eli, it's heating up. 37 degrees now. So you put your coat on your... I'm cold. Okay. Uh, it's freezing you're the, in here. You're the one that likes this so much. I do like the cold, but I don't like it freezing inside. 37 degrees, Not sunshine freezing. outside. It actually feels really good in here. May, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm getting it's like sick. 70 degrees in here. I'm this stuffy. Part, this is really I, I, good. I can tell you that much. I'm, I'm, I'm very stuffy right now. Uh, mostly sunny skies today, though. We're looking at a high of 61 degrees. Mostly clear skies tonight with a low near 40. Then a high tomorrow of 66 and sunshine for your Friday. As we get close to uh, Saturday and football in the uni- or at the University of Memphis, uh, playing over at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium against South Florida, 72 degrees is the forecast for Saturday. Chamber of Commerce Day. Oh, you got your jacket ready because it's like 70 degrees in here right now. I'm cold, man. I'm, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm getting a little sick, my friend. It happens from time to time. We got uh, Harold Grader joining us in just a few moments. We'll have our world-famous pick six, where one of you will go up against one of us for a delicious central barbecue. But from a football standpoint this weekend, it is a great schedule. We are in the final month of the regular season, right before conference championship games, and then, of course, the bowl season And I look at the schedule this week, and you see, obviously, Alabama playing LSU, kind of leading the way. Bedlam will be played, and that'll be the last time as far as Oklahoma and Oklahoma State being members of the same conference. You have Kansas State and Texas, another huge game in the Big 12. You also have a game between Notre Dame and Clemson, which is just not that big this year because Clemson has already lost four times, and Dabo Sweeney may have lost his mind. Notre Dame sits there at 7-2. and two. So time to talk about this schedule. Time to talk about some of the games that will affect both the SEC and the Big 12 with our good buddy Harold Grader from the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. How are you, man? Gregory, good morning. Eli, good to see you as well. Good to have you. He's busting my chops because i got a jacket on, but I'm cold for some reason. It so is why not pay the heating bill around here? <laughs> I don't know. I'm comfortable. It's like 70 degrees. Feels I, good. I'm good. I always wonder about the internet bill, but uh, yeah, the heating bill I think is is paid. So uh, everything's good with you. What's the yes, plan? Sir. What's the game plan this weekend? This weekend, let's see. Uh, I'm going to be doing a double dip on uh, Saturday. Some of it work related. Some of it just being a college student's dad. Uh, <laughs> gonna make a early stop in Oxford. Check in on our friends at Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Uh, Ross Bjork, the uh, former Ole Miss AD, now the uh, AD at uh, A&M, been there for a while, actually. Uh, Going to stop it at that game and then uh, head to Tuscaloosa for LSU uh, Alabama and uh, see our daughter and see what I think is going to probably be the, probably be one of the uh, most impactful games of the weekend because obviously, you know, for Alabama and LSU, uh, the winner stays in the hunt for the uh, SEC West. Uh, for Alabama, I think specifically, you know, if they, if they win – the West title is there. 
a potential SEC championship opportunity is still there, and a playoff opportunity is there. So a lot on the line uh, in that ball game, particularly for Alabama. What do you think right now, Eli? The the odds if you went, uh, you know, percentage that Alabama kind of backdoors their way into the playoff. What would you say right now? Twenty five percent. Uh. 10%. Ten percent, so very very low. Yeah, probably lower than that because I don't think they're going to win this weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they very well may not. I mean, they got they got a quarterback on the other side that's pretty doggone good. What did you think of the first college football rankings for the playoff? You know, uh, you know, I don't get uh, too excited or jump up and down and reactionary over uh, week one. It was interesting, kind of more or less what we had talked about. You know, maybe. Uh, you know, three and four or two and three or whatever may be a little bit different than what we had. But, you know, going in, <clears throat> excuse me, going in, uh, um, I had Georgia one, uh, I think Ohio State two, Michigan, Florida State in there somewhere. Uh, Washington, I thought, could have been flipped in there at, at four. Uh, more or less what we expected. Um, obviously, Ole Miss, as you look at the SEC, uh, good for them at, at uh, number 10. Alabama there at eight. Uh, but as far as you know, the actual rankings, uh, not too much of a reaction for me. I was more interested in hearing from Boo Corrigan, the chairman of of the committee. Yes, to hear you know what are what are they thinking? What's their approach? What are they emphasizing? What are they not emphasizing? Just you know some of the uh, some of his comments. Uh, that was what I was more interested in. And you know when when he was asked about, I guess he was asked about Ohio State. And because one of the quotes I jotted down as I was taking notes was, uh, he said we, they looked at the body of work um, of of Ohio State, uh, the top five. Uh, you know, he was asked about uh, the Michigan situation. You know, is that impacting the poll? And he said that's an NCAA issue. And he's that's, right. That's not a CFP issue. Yes. And I, and I get that. Yes. Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, we were you know, talk, we were talking just, about them again, just week. trying to get some insight into into what their thought process is, how they're evaluating, and 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 at the end of the interview with Reese Davis, you know, he said, you know, every week is a is a clean yeah. slate. So, and, and I don't know if I agree with that. Um, it's not a completely clean slate. It, it can't be because you know the 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 ranking. Is an evaluation. Where we are, it was okay through week nine. Was it nine or ten? Not uh, it, nine. nine. We're through Whatever. nine. Yeah, we're through nine. It was okay through this point of the season. We're going to assess the quote unquote best teams in the country. So you've already assessed that. So the next piece of evidence is this week's game, and you to me you add to it as opposed to. Starting all over, he probably, that, he, probably that, mis, he probably misspoke. He, uh, you add to it because you. How can you? I don't believe, think he misspoke because he said. Wait, wait how he, can you his, clean, his 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 response to Reese was? Yep, next week start with a clean slate. It's. Oh, I mean, I, theoretically, I, they. It's. It's all like theoretically. Yes, you do, but you're not. It's not like you threw away all the work you've done to this point. Like you're, I would hope, you're going to keep yeah. that because that you would, would be dumb so. not to. You would hope so. Keep that work and then right. just add to it. But it is. It, I, he's. I think what he's saying is that it does theoretically Washington or you know, just because if if they all stay undefeated this week doesn't mean they're going to stay in the same order. Because it, it, no, it, because it might depend on who yeah. who'd you beat. Yeah, as one 
factor if in you, that. If you clean the slate, if, you, if the slate was completely clean, and you didn't consider anything else, that's it's impossible because then you would look in just just at what's coming up this weekend. Okay, Rutgers beats Ohio State. All right, so Rutgers will be number one or number two in our playoff rankings. Well, no, he's not saying it with it. He's just saying that they've they've assessed them with this many games. Now next week they'll assess them with this many games. He's not saying they're only assessing one week. He's saying it's a clean slate. We will now look at the teams all next week based on more evidence. That which is what Harold just said, right? You add to what you just talked about. Is I just think it was a bad figure of speech in what he said. But I do agree with everything pretty much that that Boo had said. Uh, you certainly don't want to consider what's going on with Michigan as far as where the playoff. Uh, committee is concerned. That is an NCAA issue. He is absolutely right about that. If they tell them they can't include Michigan, they're going to be put on probation or they'll be stricken from the playoff. That's a whole different ballgame. So I like what he said about that. As far as the standings are concerned, I am glad they had Ohio State number one because all you are looking at is the total resume of the teams this season. And Ohio State, with their wins against Notre Dame and against Penn State, yeah. easily has the best resume of those undefeated teams. So, therefore, they are number one. I think they did a really good job. I don't think you, there's not a whole lot of room to argue with that. And I agree with what you just said, uh, Greg, and uh, with Ohio State. And, and if you want to look at one versus two, Ohio State-Georgia, no doubt uh, Ohio State has played a tougher schedule. Uh, one of the other things that, that Boo mentioned or was asked about was, you know, head-to-head. He said head-to-head is very important. I think an example of that is is uh, is Texas-Alabama. You know, Texas went into Tuscaloosa, beat Alabama. Uh, Texas is seven, Alabama's eight. But he said that's just one factor. Uh, but again, if, if that is going to be a consistent, and here's a key, are they going to be consistent in what they – Use to evaluate this uh, again to get those insights as to what the committee is thinking. But he said head to head is important, but it's just one of the pieces that we throw in through the mix as we evaluate these teams. Well, that's the thing. I mean, head to head. Yes, obviously it's going to, be, but that to me it's not necessarily the head to head. It's that that it's either that's either a quality win because like Oklahoma is behind Texas. You know, if you're just going on head to head, should go Oklahoma, right. Texas, Alabama. Right. But Oklahoma's loss is worse than Texas's loss, and Texas has a better win than probably any win Oklahoma has, even though right. Oklahoma beat them. Right. So it's all to me. It's it, a win over Texas for Oklahoma is a great win. Uh, just like a win over Alabama is a great win for Texas, a loss to Kansas is worse than a loss to Oklahoma. So you're, it's, it's just all part of the thing. Well, sometimes the issue becomes uh, relevant when it's a team that teams that played during the regular season, like Oklahoma and Texas, if they meet again in the Big Twelve Championship and they split, that's when it can become a little cloudy. Yeah, you know, and just again, every committee is different. Uh, what they, how they evaluate teams and how they choose to evaluate teams. But my recollection, you know, from years past, that the uh, that phrase of data points and and all of that stuff that they in the past have chosen or have articulated about not penalizing a team that plays in their conference championship game. You know, that's a 13th game for or a 13th data point for that team. 
you know, you got a bunch of you got you have yeah. a bunch of other schools, you know, sitting at home who didn't make the championship game. So if you lose the championship game, are are you going to get penalized because you played for your championship? Well, that, that's so, but they but they will they will get penalized but, because that's another loss. If unless they go into the unless it's two undefeated teams playing in the championship game, so we'll, somebody will, we'll we'll see how that plays out. We'll see no, what no, this committee is is thinking. No two regard. loss team has ever made the playoffs. So let's say no, Alabama let's say right. Alabama beats LSU, they win the West, they get a shot at Georgia. You know that type of stuff. Alabama loses a tight one to Georgia. Now it depends on what what everybody else is doing around the country, but Alabama's out because that'll be two losses. No two loss team has ever gotten into the playoffs, so I think they are penalized. And, and let's say they didn't make the conference championship game. Let's say for some reason they had their one loss. They were tied with L- Ole Miss. I know Ole Miss lost to them head to head. Just a scenario where Alabama sure. would lose out on the tiebreaker. Well, then they would only have the one loss. How would the committee consider the one-loss Alabama team as opposed to the two-loss Alabama team that lost in the championship right. game? We shall see. Doug Tech City says committee talks out, out of both sides of their mouths again. <laughs> they do they sometimes. Say, <laughs> they say Ohio State has won because of resume, but that doesn't apparently factor in with Florida State. Florida State has better wins than Michigan or Georgia. Yes, I brought that up the other day. Well, I mean— They've got the LSU win. Other than that, there isn't a whole lot on Florida State's resume. Yeah, but we went over the Michigan and the Georgia schedule, strength of schedule. What was Georgia's? Like over 100? Yeah. But and, and but again, they do consider, one of the things they consider is the game control. like And the fact that Michigan has dominated every yeah. opponent. They give weight to that. Now, how much that weight, you know, how they balance that versus a, a win over an LSU I don't know. I don't know. Again, we're not in that room to decide, and everyone probably does it a little bit differently. I personally do think Florida State could have been higher, but it's not like Florida State has a ton of great wins. They'd have a win over LSU. What do you think about game control? Because we live in a world where we say, just like the Tigers last week, right? Just win, baby. They got the win. It was ugly in the second half. They they won the football game. That seems to be a motto in sports. Just win, no matter how you win. Well, here you have to win with style points. You When you step on somebody, you have to continue to to step on it. Right. You score a touchdown, you might as well go for another touchdown there towards the end to make the score even more lopsided. I, I don't know if that's what we want in sports. I don't think it's about doing... I, you can watch a game and tell whether a team... Is the better team. Yeah, controlled the game. It's not the final margin of victory. I mean, if they score a touchdown with three seconds left, everybody sees that they scored that touchdown. We know it. I mean, you watch a game. Like, the Texas-Oklahoma game was just a really close game back and forth the entire time. Just like Oregon and Washington. That's much different than having complete control over that game and really never being in danger of losing. South Florida was the better team against Alabama for three quarters. So do we look at it and go, yeah, South? They may have lost the game, but they were they were in control of that game. They just couldn't score there at the end, and Alabama scored and put it away. I'm just using that as an example. Right. I know it's a right. little far fetched, but that's why I don't like what happens. Hey, what happened in the second quarter of that game? What happened? If, I don't I don't really care. But I guess they have to have criteria, and that's just another piece of the criteria they use. Yeah, you know, I have not uh, slowed down long enough to uh, read the transcript of the press conference that they had with. With Boone yeah, I have not to see if game control came up. So I'm, I'm going to look into that, and, and that, you know, again, we know that's a phrase well, and, 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 a, and a and a data point that they have used in the past. But I don't know if, if that was asked about. Uh, yeah, I don't know after, that, after I mean, the the poll came out the other night. I mean, to put to really put as kind of to Doug's point to put Georgia and Michigan both ahead of Florida State, like game control has to have something to do with that because Florida State does have. I mean, right. Michigan has beaten. 
Yeah. I was just going to no look, uh, look at their schedule. But they just dominated they, they everybody. Pounded them. Yeah, so they it's, pounded them. Now, again, yeah. it helps when you know their signs. But um, <laughs> it's easy to pound teams when you know what their plays are running. But it's, I mean, so that clearly that had something to do with it for Michigan. Because, again, Washington has the best win of any of them based on their rankings. They beat the sixth team. No, yeah. None of those. None of the others has a win in the top six. So for Washington not to be ahead of Michigan, he and he even talked about it on the TV thing because he said, why did Washington fall to five? Because the last two weeks, both were wins, but they struggled against Stanford and was it Arizona? Was it Arizona? The yes. One? He said that's yeah. that's what held Washington down. Even though they've got the win over Oregon, which is the best win ranking wise, they were knocked down because they struggled in those two games. So game control clearly is a part. Of it. Had they blown out Stanford and blown out Arizona, they are probably in the top four. But again, it gets to a situation where in a game you're in control, but you want to score a couple of more touchdowns there at the end to make it really look good in front of the uh, the committee. Let me look at Florida State. Okay, so LSU, he brought this up in the post, uh, in his interview with Reese Davis. He, and this is why they have Florida State fourth. He talked about the red bandana game at Boston College. Florida State struggled with Boston College. Boston College was amped up. This is a very important game for them, the, the red bandana game. So they almost pulled off the upset. But Florida State made the plays down the stretch. They won the game. I don't have a final score in front of me. I don't know if you have it, Eli. But they ended up winning. They won the game. The bottom line is all the emotions on the road at Boston College, and they won that game, and they are hurt by that because it wasn't an absolute blowout like Michigan's blown out everybody, and they've played all those fantastic Big Ten teams, all those great teams from the Western Division. And I like Michigan. I think they're really, really good. But, yes, Florida State's resume, they beat, look, I know Clemson is having an off year for Clemson, but they went to Death Valley and won that game. Virginia Tech right now is playing really, really well. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat Duke. They won at Wake Forest. Florida State's resume right now, if you're going strictly by the resume, is better than Michigan's. As much as I like Michigan, but I also like Mike Norvell's team, Florida State should be ahead of them. The, the texture's absolutely right. As far as Georgia, Georgia's the weird one. Because Georgia, to me, have you seen Georgia play yet this year? I have. No, not in person. Not no. in person. Okay. Georgia seems like, eh, when they want to turn it on, they just turn it on. Like, theirs, theirs goes to 11. You know, when they want. Yeah. When they, Florida, eh, we'll, we'll, you know, it's the, it's the rivalry here, the cocktail yeah. party. We'll rev it up. They revved it up. Now, the schedule gets tougher. Mizzou's having a great year. They're going to play Tennessee. Who else does Georgia play? Tennessee, Missouri, Georgia Tech, of course. Ole Miss. And Ole Miss. So now you're going to yeah. see really if it was, eh, we're kind of sleepwalking through some of these games earlier in the year, or is there really a chink in the armor as far as this Georgia team compared to what the Georgia team was the last two years? So I don't know. Well, the other thing, too, that with Georgia, if they – the question becomes with Georgia, if they were to lose one of these games – Without Brock Bowers, but get Brock Bowers back, and for the say SEC championship game, how do they judge that loss without their best player? If he's going to be there for the postseason, right? They, they have to consider that as well. I wonder how much they do consider those injuries, though. 
You I have mean, to. I think it's. I think I mean, it's, it's a great it's, tight it's, end. It's in the mix. I mean, you don't I give think. them a free pass. You don't act right. like they didn't lose the game. But you say, listen, like they played without their best player. That's, yeah. There's something to be yeah. said for that. But he's not their quarterback. I mean, if they play without Carson, no, Beck, but he's the best a, player the quarterback has to throw to. I, I, yes. I know, but I can't. I he's can't, the best player on I their team. Imagine, he might be the best player in the country. <laughs> yeah, but I can't imagine these guys in that room going, you know, hey, uh, this team in this game, fourth week of the year, they didn't have their left tackle. And he's protecting the blind side of the quarterback. I don't know how deep they go into that stuff. Maybe they do. I just it just seems like they, they really these people are just guessing on stuff. Like they're doing their jobs. They're doing their jobs, <laughs> but again, I don't know how deep they're getting into the injury reports and things of that nature. I, I don't know. Uh Brock Bowers is a difference maker, yes, but he's sure. not he's not their he's not their starting quarterback. So uh but I, I think right now it's it's complicated because you have five really good Deserving undefeated teams, and of course you have a bunch of good one-loss teams as well, right behind. But yeah, there's still a lot to be determined. And again, that's why week one, I don't get too crazy about. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, no, it really <laughs> it doesn't. doesn't. Matter. It does. Well, well it does. here's but it makes thing. great. It makes great conversation. And again, if you go way back to the creation of the of the BCS, what we're doing today and what fans are doing, it because it creates interest in the game. There's only there's only two teams. That's great. Let's see if you know this. Since the college football playoff was uh, came into fruition, which was 2014, was the Not first like year? That. Yeah. Okay. There have been two teams that were the number one team in the first week that oh, did not boy. make the playoff. Two teams that were the number one team of the four, you know, the top four, in the first week. Yeah. And they did not make the playoff. Come on, you know the you, I have no you know clue. the team that was ranked first in the first ever college playoff rankings, don't you? I don't. Do you don't remember that? I don't. I have no clue. Mississippi State. Ah, yeah, Dak, I do Dak. remember that. Them and Ole Miss with, were both with, top four, I think. That, is that was Dak. First yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do remember that. Dak, Mississippi State. Nothing's telling you. I want to say Ole Miss was. Maybe they were. I don't know if they were top. I want to say Ole Miss might have been in that top four that first one. Wasn't that the cover like of SI? I think when they still actually had magazines with, with the Magnolia State thing with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I'm trying to remember. So the two was, are Ole Miss and Mississippi State? No, no, no. State? I don't no, I can't Miss, remember. Mississippi, Mississippi State, State. State. Mississippi State and Tennessee. Last year. I did not remember that. Was that last year? Mm-hmm. Yep. Tennessee last year. So those Holy two, cow. those two are the only ones that were number one the first week and did not actually make it into the playoff. By the way, and and we'll yeah. take a break after this, but I want to get, get some uh, comments from you on the Big Twelve. You got a five way tie for first place. It is crazy, and that's great. That's great. Again, it it builds interest in in the league and and in the game. Uh, I'm trying to get to my uh, Big Big Twelve notes. Here we go. These are conference records. Oklahoma, Iowa State, Okie State, Texas, K-State, all 4-1. and one. And, you know, right behind them, you know, Kansas is 3-2, and two, West Virginia 3-2. and two. But if you look at those one-loss teams, you know, obviously this week in the Big 12, the Bedlam game, big one, Okie State uh, in Oklahoma. And then down the road for Oklahoma, a game at BYU could be a, a little bit of a, of a tester. They're having to go out west. In November, that'll be interesting. Iowa State, team that we have our eye on, uh, you know, their remaining schedule, Kansas, BYU, Texas, K-State, Oklahoma State. I got to tell you, you know, uh, you know, 
Our guy, Mike Gundy, doing a good job out there from where they were a year ago to what yeah. they're doing this year uh, to be in the hunt. Again, a huge game for them this week against Oklahoma. And then the remaining schedule for them, uh, UCF, Houston, BYU. So All newcomers. All newcomers and not, not too tough there. Uh, Texas, uh, kind of a middle-of-the-road uh, finishing schedule. K-State uh, this week. At TCU, at Iowa State, and then Texas Tech. Obviously, the quarterback situation there uh, with with Texas. And now that they're down to four games, here's the thing. One of the things to, to keep an eye out for, will Arch Manning get some time in each of these four remaining games? Because you can play in four. Right. And save, and save the season. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see that if the opportunity is there, based on the scoreboard, will they be able to put Arch Manning into the game just to get him some some in-game regular season reps, and and obviously and not uh, jeopardize uh, the extra year. So just a little nugget to keep an eye on there. And then the final school at four and one in the in the Big Twelve is Kansas State. Big game this week. I mentioned uh, Texas. They have uh, at Texas Baylor. Uh, at Kansas and then Iowa State. So they have a little bit of a challenging run. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, after uh, the uh, Red River game in, in, in Dallas, uh, you know, we've all been talking about Texas and Oklahoma being the top two teams. I got to think it's still, when it's all said and done, that those two will beat in the Big 12 championship game. But, again, uh, some interesting games uh to be played, and again, none bigger in the Big 12 than the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game this week. It's an interesting point you bring up about Arch Manning. What's the kid's name again that's replaced uh, yours? Malik, Malik Murphy. Murphy. If Murphy gets hurt, I assume Arch is the guy. He's the next guy, right? There's not another I quarterback, is there? So. I didn't look at their depth chart. Yeah, I, believe there is, is a, I believe Arch is third, but I don't know. I think sure. he is. Need do, to double check. Do that. you think, Eli, that Kansas State? I, I know you've picked Texas to be in the playoff all year long, preseason pick, but do you think Kansas State could give them a run? I think Kansas State has a great chance. I, Kansas State's I, playing great. I right think now. Kansas State may pull yeah. an upset over Texas. I they really, could. I yeah. really do. I think they may pull. Now, an doing upset. it in Austin is a different proposition, yeah. but K State is playing well. I think that's one of our picks, right? Mm-hmm. It is. We'll talk about that when you are enjoying watching college football, high school football. Of course, the uh, state playoffs begin in Tennessee this week. You're enjoying any sporting event or just uh, having a good old time at your home. What makes it even better? Those sweet chocolates and candies from your friends at Dinstals. Time to start planning for the holiday gifts. So let Dinstals make that easy for you this year. Just call your favorite location, see the variety of sweet expressions of your thanks this year, and have those candies, those chocolates, sent anywhere in the country to your loved ones for the holidays. As I mentioned, tailgating goodies for this week's games ready to go. You're going to tailgate for Friday night high school football. You're going to tailgate for Saturday afternoon. For the Tigers and USF, maybe heading down to Vaught-Hemingway to watch Ole Miss play Texas A&M. Bring some Dinstals candies and chocolates along for the ride. Uh, Whoever is tailgating with you will absolutely adore you for doing so. The best chocolates around, the best chocolates, I think, in the entire country. Five convenient locations to get those chocolates in Collierville, Germantown, downtown Memphis, Laurelwood, new revamped, renovated uh, store. It's fantastic. And, of course, on Pleasant View where they make the candies. They've been making those candies and chocolates for over 120 years. 
So they got to be doing something right. It's Denstall's Fine Candies and Chocolates, a Memphis institution, as I said, for over 120 years. More of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl inside college football hour when we return to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Now, more of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grater. All right, welcome back. we got the pick six coming up in just a moment, so we're going to need a participant, Eli. That's right. We're going to go with, uh, let's go caller number three. Caller number three, 360-8255, 360-8255. 8255, if you have not participated in the pick six yet this year, you are eligible. Uh, 360-8255, it'll be an opportunity for you to win $25 in piggy bucks from Central Barbecue. Uh, picking six games against one of us. I hope you guys will wise up and quit going against me. But nonetheless, 360-8255, 360-8255. Caller number three for the chance to win some barbecue from Central Barbecue. Mr. Braggadocious with a win last week. Uh, unfortunately, Edward went up against Eli. Eli went 5-2, and two, uh, and Edward went 3-4. and four. Of course, Edward would have lost against uh, all three of us. Harold, you were 4-2. and two, I'll take it. And I was 4-3 and three for our picks last week. By the way, before we get to our picks, uh, one game we will not be picking is Tennessee and Connecticut. Isn't that like a weird game? It sounds like a great women's basketball game. Tennessee and Connecticut this week. I thought the LSU-Army non-conference matchup was strange. This one's all sort of strange as well. But Tennessee going out of the conference, 35.5-point favorites over UConn. What's the season numbers? Well, last week, so this was through six. and I mean, this was through nine weeks. And then you could add what we just did this past week. Through nine, Eli was... Let's see. 36, 20, and 3 against the spread. Ooh. That's impressive. So f- You're a pro, though. So that's 5 and, and I added a 5 and 2 to that? Yes. That's before the 5 and 2 week? Yes. Oof. I hope you're using your picks and, and betting your house because uh, you're doing well. Of course, when that happens, you end up losing your house. Uh, Harold, well, I was, uh, I was 33, 22, and 3. So that was me through 9, and then I add a 4 and 3. Harold, you were 32, 24, and 3, and you add a 4 and 2. So we're all doing well yeah. against the spread. How about that? And then the callers were a combined 31, 26, and 3. That was after UTJ's 2 and 4 disappointing week. And then Edward goes 3 and 4. So they are another game. So they're four games over 500. The callers you, were crushing us early in the year. I was going to ask, but do, they have do your cold. notes say how many winners there have been of the barbecue? Two, three, Five. So five, five and five through ten. Okay. Five and five through good. ten. So our lucky caller number three, who's in on the pick six this week, is Doug. Hey, Doug, how are you? I'm good. How are y'all? Doing fantastic. Congratulations for getting in. Thanks for listening. First question, Doug, who are you going to go up against? I'm going up against you. All righty. Oh, Doug, enjoy the barbecue. Smart move, Doug. All right. Enjoy the barbecue. All right. So there we go. Doug will take on me. Our first game, we will go to 
The SEC, Harold already says he's doing the double dip, so he'll start in Oxford. Ole Miss is home to Texas A&M. The Aggies are getting three points as a road dog. It's always customary to begin with, Mr. Grader. So you will be there for at least part of the game, yeah. Harold. Who is your pick? Well, you know, when you when you look at uh, A&M and Ole Miss, obviously the first thing you think of is what? Offense, right? Well, I think defense is going to be the key in this one. Uh, A&M, the number 14 pass defense of the country, number one of the SEC. Uh, Ole Miss, number 23 pass uh, offense. So you got a great offense against a tough defense. At the end of the day, I'm going to go uh, Ole Miss because of their defense. Last three weeks, their defense has played really, really well. Uh I think that's going to be the difference in this one. Was it A&M plus three? Plus three. I'm going to take Ole Miss. All right, Eli. Well, you got DJ Durkin, who certainly knows the Lane Kiffin offense. Got to go get some practice the last couple of years. There you go. Um, A&M's defense is really good. Ole Miss's defense is playing well. I'm going because the te- I'm going with Ole Miss because the Texas A&M offense sucks. <laughs> That's I'm, going with. I'm going with the fact that their offense isn't good enough, I don't think, to score the points to keep up with Ole Miss, even against good defenses. Pete Golding's defense continues to improve. Yeah. If they get to Max Johnson, he's not real mobile. I think they can put some pressure on Max Johnson. A&M does have a great defense. But they're only giving three. They're at home. That crowd's going to be crazy. They're on a nice run. I'm taking Ole Miss as well. Doug? Well, I'm going I'm to disagree with you right off the bat here. I say they got the wrong team favored. I'm going with A&M. They're going Jimbo's fighting for his job. They're going to pull it off. All right. On so the road. Texas Ole Miss A&M. looking forward to Georgia. Okay, so looking ahead maybe beyond uh, Texas A&M, Doug takes A&M. He'll get the three points, and we differ on that one. We go to the Big 12, Kansas State. We were just talking about that game. They're getting four in Austin against the Longhorns. Eli. Yeah, this one is uh, this one's tough. I think this is the toughest one of our picks because um, Kansas State is playing really well, and Malik Murphy uh, wasn't required to do a whole lot last week. If he is required to do to go win this game, can he do it? I'm gonna take Texas, but I don't feel great about it. Well, it's understandable. Again, you picked them to be in the playoff, and to be in the playoff, they're going to need to win this game. I mean, this is one that I, I'm just going to take a flyer on Kansas State. They're playing really well. I'm looking for them to pull the upset. I wouldn't be shocked if Texas wins this game by 24 points, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Wildcats. Doug? Uh, we're going to disagree again. I think Texas is going to pull it out. I think it's going to be a really close game, and I don't. they may not cover. It's going to be close, but I'm taking Texas to win and cover. All right, I understand. Yep, I understand that pick. Harold? Yes, sir. Hook them. Longhorns. Texas, a man, a few words on that one is Harold Grader, so he likes the Longhorns. Back to the SEC. Missouri has been one of the great stories in the SEC this year. They're getting 15.5 points at Georgia. Wow, 15.5 points. Okay, so I pick first here. Georgia, again, is one of those teams where I just think they're kind of sleepwalking, and when they want to turn it on, they can turn it on at any time. Brock Bowers is out. They're getting good quarterback play from Beck. Missouri can score. Can they score on Georgia? I I think they can score enough to cover. I know they gave them fits last year. I'm going to take Missouri plus a 15 and a half. Just too many points. Doug? I'm right there with you on this one. I think Georgia wins, but doesn't cover. Harold? Yep, I'm with you guys. I like the quarterback matchup. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. But, yeah, that 15 and a half. 
Give me Mizzou. A lot of points, Eli. Georgia wins the game, though. Okay. Boy, I was going to go with Missouri. Now you guys all took Missouri. It makes me want to go Georgia, but I'm going to stick with Missouri. I'm going to. I I think Missouri loses by ten to fourteen. All right, clean sweep for Mizzou. LSU, big one tomorrow night. Again, Harold will be there for yeah. his uh, second part of the double dip. They get three at Alabama. Uh, Doug, you're first. Oh, I'll go Tigers. I'm taking the Tigers all the way. They're going to win outright. LSU wins outright, so you don't need those stinking points, but you'll take them anyway. LSU plus three. That's Doug's pick. Harold? I think this is going to be an incredibly exciting game. I think it's going to be close. Uh, I'm a little bit of a homer here. I'm going to take Alabama, but don't feel too strong about that. But, uh, wow, what a game I think it's going to be. Eli? Doug, you're a smart man. Go Tigers, straight up. Thank you. Well, Harold, you have a daughter that goes to Alabama. I, do. I have a daughter that graduated from Alabama. There you go. Give me Bama. <laughs> There's another. I have one. a daughter. I have a daughter that graduated from LSU. There you there go. You go. I don't even have a daughter. I'm just picking LSU to win. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be loyal to our daughters. That's so. right. Where'd the money go? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's one that is split: yeah. Bama and LSU, and another one that Doug and I differ. Okay, we're going out west, Washington. Minus three and a half, looking to stay undefeated at USC. Harold. Ooh, uh, I like this one a lot. Two top ten offenses. Uh, the the USC defense though is awful. Is awful. I was going to say very average, but it's awful. Yeah, I was trying to be nice. You, you're you're a little more blunt than I am. <laughs> they, they're very average against the pass. You know, I'm Washington. Come on, Washington. Eli. Uh, I, the the overs I think seventy six or something like that. I'm not sure. That's a, I don't believe that's even close to enough. Um, Washington sixty to thirty five, something like that. Wow, Washington easily. Caleb Williams does he still have something left in the tank? Put up good numbers last week. He's had a few games where he's thrown some picks and that's taken him out of any chance to win a second straight Heisman. But I do believe that there's still something there. Can USC pull off the upset? Man, that defense is so sorry. And I really like Washington, what they do on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I'm going to go with you guys. I'm going to take Washington. Doug? Yeah, USC, they've been overrated all year. Uh, Washington is a little mad from being slighted. They should have been a top-four team in the first CFP poll. So they're going to come out and really have something to prove. So I'm taking Washington big. Okay, and then finally, not only the two, the top, the, but both of these defenses are in like the bottom thirty in the country. Like this, this has a chance to be a, to a ton of points being scored. Yeah, USF gets thirteen and a half points at Memphis. Eli, uh, I believe that's too many points. I'm taking USF. To keep it close, I've seen I've seen this Memphis defense here in recent yeah. weeks. I don't know that they can cover thirteen and a half of this one. Well, Vegas is usually good at what they do, but I I don't see it. I I see this defense every week as well, up close and personal, and they've had at times during every game they've played just lulls. Yeah. They're winning this football game. I feel pretty confident because Memphis's offense should be able to score at will against that USF defense. But that's thirteen and a half points, and we know that Memphis always has those those heart ticker games. So USF and the points, I think, is the play. Memphis wins outright. Doug, I'm gonna go opposite of you again. I think Memphis is gonna come out and uh, cover, win and cover. Okay, cover the thirteen and a half, Harold. 
Yeah, you know, the Tigers, if if my information is correct, and, and Eli, you're, you're big on knowing how teams are against the spread. I don't think the, ta- the Tigers have a very good record against the spread. Is that right? I'm not sure what they are this year. For sure. I'd have to go double-check. I haven't looked at their against the spread. I, I think right. that's the case, but I think the Tigers, and I didn't get a chance to hear your interview with Ryan this morning, but I think the Tigers, maybe for the first time in a long time this season, a complete game. I'm going to take the Tigers. Calling for the complete game, which they have not had yet this yeah. year. So H.G. goes with the University <laughs> of Memphis. All right, guys, let's get our best picks, our oh, best I, bets here. Oh, I forgot about that. All right, Harold, what do you got? Mm. My, my picks are so bad. Just throwing a dart at the blindfolded at the at the board. Texas. Texas for your best bet, Eli. Washington. Washington for me as well. Doug? Yeah, this is tough. Do I take LSU or Washington? Uh, since y'all two took Washington, I'll take LSU. LSU. There we go. So there's plenty uh, to be interested in as far as our, our bet, Doug, because we differ on a lot of things. Thank you so much for getting in. Best of luck to you, man. We always appreciate you listening. Hey, thank y'all. Enjoy it. Thank you, Thanks, Doug. Doug. Memphis 2-5-1 and one against the spread. Your information, not, not, your information not so is hot. correct. Not so hot. I had a feeling he was right about that. Yeah, it just seems like they're they're not really good as far as the spread is concerned. This hour of the program is brought to you by Acura Memphis, Ridgeway 385 online, acuramemphis.com. Go by and check them out. Check out those beautiful Acura automobiles. New vehicles, pre-owned vehicles, certified pre-owned Acuras. You can find it all at Acura of Memphis. All right, we'll come back. Final segment, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli right here on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56. In 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Now, more of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grader. It may be hyperbole, but Lane Kiffin talking about Texas A&M. We just made our picks on the pick six, including that game. He said of the Aggies, they are the most talented 5-3 and three team ever. 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 They are loaded with talent. Yeah, they are. Except for at the quarterback spot. Defensively, they're loaded. It's probably not crazy to say that because he's saying talent. He's not saying the best team. He's talking about talent. And you know they have a load of talent. No question about it. What are you uh, looking at as far as the SEC? Uh, Really looking at the West. We kind of touched on uh, Alabama uh, LSU earlier and what's at stake there. But uh, just to go back over that that. Uh, field one more time. You know, obviously Alabama sitting there and they're undefeated, five and zero of the conference. Uh, this one with LSU this week will uh, go a long way. Uh, whether for Alabama, do they stay in the hunt for the division? Do they stay in the hunt for the league championship? And and obviously a playoff spot and long shot, as you said earlier, Eli, about some 
potential shot at playing uh, in the for the national championship. But big game there. You know, for Alabama, it, it's their remaining schedule. It's LSU at Kentucky, chat the out-of-conference game here in a couple of weeks, and then obviously uh, the Iron Bowl at Auburn this year. Ole Miss is sitting right there. And, you know, kudos to Lane and what that staff is doing. Sitting there 4-1, and 7-1 overall. Obviously, huge game with, with A&M. Uh, then they're at Georgia. Uh, then they have their, their out-of-conference game uh, against Monroe and then, then the Egg Bowl at State. LSU, on the flip side of the Alabama game this week, they're sitting there at 4-1, and 6-2 and two overall. Uh, after Alabama, they have Florida. Then they're out-of-conference with Georgia State and then Texas A&M. So, it's gonna. It's down to those three, I think. Obviously, well, if, if LSU wins and Ole yeah. Miss wins, then you got three teams at five and one at the, who yeah. have beaten each other. Yeah, the round the, robin in, in there, the circle. So yeah. now Ole Miss has the game at Georgia, which could knock them out of that. But um, but if if they if you get a LSU and Ole Miss winning this week, you got three teams tied atop. What is what's the tiebreaker in the SEC? Uh, I don't know what that. I don't know. I don't know what it goes to after the head to head on that. By the way, as far as your bowl is yeah. concerned, just to look at the total picture of the SEC, sure. Bandy's been eliminated for a bowl. They're two and seven. They, right. they can't win enough. Arkansas's got to win all four of their final games. That Which, ain't going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. So Mississippi State's four and four. Auburn's four and four. I don't have their schedules in front of me, but they got to go two and two to get to six. Of course, Mississippi State's going to play Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl. That's one of those games. Yeah, Mississippi State, their remaining schedule. Uh, let's see, Kentucky this week at AM, out of conference to Southern Miss, and then Ole Miss. You just, Auburn needs the win at Arkansas, probably, right? Because they, yeah. they have their non conference game left. They got to. Yeah. Auburn, you know, Auburn's sitting there. They need four more. Uh, uh, two more. To, they're at four. Need to win two more. Yeah. So Auburn's schedule uh, is. At Vandy. Oh, they got Vandy, that's right. At Arkansas, and with the way things are trending in Fayetteville, so you think that that uh, Auburn gets bowl eligible to six, and then they have the non-conference game with uh, New Mexico State, and then, and then yeah, the so you, uh, Iron Bowl. They don't, probably even, they, so, they don't even need the so, Arkansas game. They could Vanderbilt yeah, and New Mexico State. Yeah, you know, and, and but, when I was down there last week, you know, talking to the Auburn people, uh, looking at their schedule, and they, they think they're going to be at either six or seven, and... Uh, Yes. You know, I reminded them of you know what the selection process is like. That ultimately, you know, the league assigns us our team as a part of that uh, SEC pool of six bowl games. But but certainly, and just looking at the, the national media guys who track this stuff week in week out, you know, Auburn is a team that's being mentioned. Kentucky is a team that's being mentioned for our game uh, on the SEC side. Um, so we're we're in the final month. We're, we're heading down the stretch. Um, productive, good meeting uh, last week, uh, just visiting with the Auburn people. And, you know, as I've said time and time again, when you go to an SEC game, for the most part, you, you never know who you're going to see. I'm walking the sidelines with his son in the pregame last Saturday, Matt Luke. Oh, really? Yeah. How Great to see Matt. Great had a, guy. Had a chance Great to guy. visit with him. Uh Obviously, living off money from Ole Miss and Georgia. Uh, he was on the staff at Georgia. Sure. Uh, they're living uh, uh, out, just outside of Athens, living, so living still down in the state of Georgia. Uh, he was all tanned up, and I'm sure his golf game is, uh, is in A form. So, again, 
all, one of the all-time good guys. Yes. Glad to see that uh, Matt's doing well. And again, it was, it was good to visit uh, with him at, at the game last yeah, week. Yeah, friend, friend of the show. But uh, real yeah. quick, real quick, before you wrap things yeah. up here. But Mississippi State, to win, to get the six, they're going to have to upset either Kentucky this week. They're, it's going to be tough for them to get the six. So yeah, be, it is. another team outside it, looking it, in. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, I've, I've become or have come to really like Zach Arnett. Um, could there be a quick hook down there? Could be. And I would hate that for him. Um, you know, that's a rare situation where you see a school, uh, you know, whack a guy after just one season. Uh, that might happen. I hope not. Well, what, I hope did, not. what did they give him? What do you remember, Eli? What once he had the interim year finished going into this year, what what, what did they sign him to? How many years? I have no idea. I, I would imagine it, it, it's three, four years. Isn't right? the isn't that state law still in place down yeah, the there four, where you can only do a, only do a four year deal? Maybe it was four, maybe it was three. All right, real quick, yeah. uh, what's what's going on with the? Yeah, uh, lots going on at the world headquarters yeah. of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Number one, focused on uh, the 65th game coming up on Friday, December 29th. That's at 2:30. Uh, get your tickets. We have folks. Standing and sitting by at the World Headquarters, 795-7700 to take your ticket orders. Also, uh, off the field, uh, today we uh, will be making our annual uh, donation to St. Jude. Can't reveal the number yet. We'll talk about it next week, but it will be a record donation to St. Jude, and we're very proud of that. Looking forward to that event. Uh, the uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl High School Football All-Star Game right around the corner. And the deadline is tomorrow for coaches to send in their nominations. A week from Sunday, we'll be selecting the teams. Um, and so a lot going on, and we're excited about that. Memphis Touchdown Club, last meeting of the year, will be Monday, November 13th. Clark Lee, the head coach at Vandy, will be the guest speaker, and we will be presenting our AutoZone Liberty Bowl Memphis Touchdown Club Offensive and Defensive High School Players of the Year at Very that nice. event. Very nice. Zach, yeah. what do you got? Yeah, so there's a four-year deal, $3 million per year. Four-year deal is what they signed up to. Yeah. Thank you very much. There you go. There, so, there you go. I don't know. You whack a guy <laughs> yeah. after one year in this situation. Probably not. All right, HG, great stuff. Re- appreciate That's it, a- man. If given the rest of the contract, it's like $9 million. They can afford it. No, they can afford it, but I don't, they think, always can. I don't, I don't think they end up doing that. <laughs> All right, we want to thank Carrie Miller for joining us today. Ryan Silverfield and, of course, Harold Grader. We're back bright and early tomorrow morning starting at 7 a.m. Among our guests tomorrow, we'll be talking with the new Ole Miss men's basketball coach, Chris Beard. That'll be coming up tomorrow at 825. Wolmo and Friends on Sports 56 is coming up next. For Eli Savoy, for Zach Boyd, for Harold Grader, I'm Greg Gaston. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Don't stop believing.